0: All right. Welcome back to Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We're in partnership with Black and Gold Hockey Productions. You're here with co-host, father and son duo, Andrew Jim Lindroth. Dad, how are you doing today? Doing great, Andrew. Excited for our guest. This is going to be another female hockey player yep. in the Pro League, so get us right to it. Yeah, so today we're excited to have with us uh, Tori Howren. So in her early years, Tori played for the Whitby Wolves in the PWHL from 2014 to 2016, and during that time competed with the can- uh, the Canadian U18 team in the WJJC tournament, earning a silver medal to-, to her accolades as well during that time. Following those years, Tori committed to the University of New Hampshire and played for their team from 2016 until 2020, and even served as the team's captain her senior year. She was eventually drafted in the second round of what was known as the NWHL during the time um, by the Connecticut Whales. Um, Now the PHF League is what it's called now, but she's now playing in that. She has two pro seasons, technically two pro seasons under her belt. We'll kind of talk about that a bit. About to start her officially her third with the Whales. So without further ado, so we don't listen to me talk. Tori, how are you today? Thank you for joining us.
1: I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, of
2: course, you're you're Young, you're younger than both of us. Right. Uh, but that intro makes you sound a little old. <laughs> bring yeah, that brings you back a
1: little bit now. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Takes me back quite a few years when you mentioned Whitby. So
0: <laughs> yeah. So talking about Whitby actually, um, before you had competed in the WJC tournament and uh commuting to college, talk to us about your development during that time and a bit uh about the PWHL itself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um I'm from a very small town, uh, Bancroft, Ontario, about 3,500 people. Um, so Whippie was about a two and a half hour commute one way for me. Um, it was a long drive some days and other days it wasn't so bad. Um, it was definitely worth every minute of it. Um, I saw a large developmental uh, development as a player and as a person um, throughout my years there. Um, and the PWHL is a great um, sort of league to be a part of. Um, they have some of the strongest and most talented players um, there that many of them go on to play college. So um, it really challenged me as a player um, to prepare me for college and my other experiences, as you mentioned. So- yes, yeah,
0: And so as as a, a player trying to play at, at, at a pro level for you, Tori, mm-hmm. Is this is it was the pWHL uh, kind of the league at the time that most of those female players were in that would give you the, a better shot at you know, sign with the collegiate team or going on to Turning pro or was there an other leagues too? what What was kind of the the thing with that?
1: Um, so for my region um Ontario, um there are quite a few female hockey players. Um, so the PWHL was definitely something everybody strived for. They knew you would get the best looks from college coaches and the best offers to go to college, whether it be in the U.S. or in Canada. Um, so it was a league where every female hockey players looked to go to um, for their junior years um, just to get that exposure to be able to continue playing hockey.
2: So you earn a silver medal. Uh, you get to represent Team Canada and the U18 team. team- how, how was that experience first of all and then how did you get selected for that what was the tryouts for that or however it happens
1: yeah so the experience was unbelievable um something I will carry with me forever um I mean to represent your country uh, on the national stage is absolutely amazing um And the selection process was something I was unfamiliar with as well at the time. So um, I sort of was just playing with Whippy um, and they had uh, sent me an invitation to the U18 camp that was supposed to take place in May after the season. Um, So I attended that and then it was sort of. You did your own program all summer. Um, The goalies had to go back for an additional camp in June. um, And then in July, we were notified whether we made the following camp in August. Um, And then in August, if you received a call in July or not, you flew out to Calgary, which is on the west coast of Canada, and we were there for 10 days before we were notified whether we would make the series team or not um, to play against the U.S., so, fortunately, I was selected for that. Um, so then we traveled to Lake Placid, and we did a three-game series versus the U.S. Awesome. And then, yeah, so then we just sort of split off to our team. So I returned back to Whippy for the following year. Um, and I received another phone call saying, "Congratulations, you've made the world, world team. Um, to represent Canada in the 2016 World Cup." Ju- junior sort of thing. So, um yeah, it was a very unique process, um very exciting all the way through and I, it's something that I was able to share with a lot of people, so.
0: And so just talking about during those times in, in that mm-hmm. tournament, um what was the transition like, you know, I know that right after and we'll get to it with the timeline of your career when you commit uh, to University of New Hampshire. What was yeah. the transition like playing in PWHL and then going to the national stage, was the competition um, tougher, faster? Was it more like a pro level or collegiate level when you got up there and looked back? What was kind of your experience?
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, women's hockey, it's a very large spectrum right now. The gap is closing from various countries. Um, So some countries were definitely easier and were maybe about the same as the PWHL sort of teams, maybe a little bit lower at times. Um, but after that, like when you get into, I mean, obviously Team USA and um, even the Swedish team was pretty good and the Russian team. Um, it was definitely a step up from the PWHL um, teams and just that – um, experience level and such. Uh, so I would say it's more towards the collegiate level, um, that we are playing at, um, definitely a lot of faster players, stronger players, players who just think that much faster, quicker on their feet, um, on the next play. So that really helped me transition into, um, at, into college hockey, um, at the university of New Hampshire. So,
2: yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that, uh, mm-hmm. with players that, uh, didn't do the junior route that went to collegiate route that we have on the show. We always like to ask them, what was it like the recruiting process for you? And uh, assuming that there's a lot of other uh, hockey programs trying to recruit you, what made you decide to go to university of New Hampshire, which I wholly agree yeah. that that's yeah. a great choice. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so there was quite a few schools that, um, initially that had contacted my coach cause I was too young to be directly contacted. Um, so they had gone through my coach first. Um, and then once I was able to get in direct contact with those uh, recruiters, I spoke with them and sort of see, saw what they had to offer, which each school has to offer both with academics and athletics. And I just felt um, at UNH, like they just had a great balance between academics and athletics. Um, I mean, it's hard because some people want to direct more of their focus to athletics. Some people want to direct just acad- academics. And I was, wasn't was sure what, I, what was in store for me moving forward after college. So I really wanted a balance between those two. Um, I love to learn. So I felt UNH was a great space for me um, without being too big of a school. So just having those options. Um, they had lots of programs to... Um, academically just select from and athletically athletically they had a great facility for me to train at and um, a great group of people just to be around every day
0: yeah and so was there a point because and like I said we'll get to this you eventually get drafted to the what was known at the time as the NWHL was there a point in your career maybe even before you became captain your senior year which was a big deal and I kind of want to talk a little bit about that in a bit was there a point in your collegiate career where you thought, you know, I could do this professionally and, you know, finally, you know, now that uh, women's hockey is getting so much bigger and you guys are starting to really make a living out of it, I can actually make a living playing hockey. So was there a time where you felt that way, that you were ready?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I had sort of pondered on the idea of continuing my hockey career after college. Um, nothing was set in stone. Um, I had looked into playing overseas initially. Um, I thought it would be a great experience to travel and get to know the countries and such. So I did look briefly look into that. Um, but then I was look, also looking in the CWHL at the time that had folded um, shortly after I was looking into that. Um, so I did look into the NWHL. Um, I had sort of looked into the PWHPA, which is another uh, organization here. Um. yeah so I had sort of looked into a various uh, options um, and then COVID hit my senior year and it sort of was like yeah I better stay close to my home just in case we don't really know what's happening with all of this um, which is where I really directed my focus to the NWHL and just to be a little closer to home um, in Canada. I have a lot of nieces and nephews I hate being away from for too too long so, um, I love spending time with my family at home and so the NWHL seemed to be the right fit for me at the time um, and then obviously I was fortunate enough to be drafted and continue my career here and I've loved it ever since.
0: Yeah, so we we we've been liking to ask these kind of questions for the for the players that were pros or are currently pros that had to go mm-hmm. through um, that COVID time as as somebody who. And that was going to be your first year pro, right? Was going to be the 2020 fall season or was that? Okay. So, and I see that you've only played just a few games. So talk to us just about those few games, I guess, you played that season. Um, And then as a pro athlete, what was your experience like when you said you were looking around at leagues and teams, the uncertainty, what's going to happen with sports now? Because I know as a professional musician, the the music industry went to crap. Nobody's touring or doing anything. So what was it like? for you as a pro athlete, especially starting to get out of college. <laughs> Worse timing.
1: Yeah. So it was my senior year of college. So it was just starting. Um I lost about two months of my senior year. Uh luckily I was able to finish out my season. Um it was just after we got beat out that they had to shut things down. But uh so going into the fall of twenty twenty when I decided to play with the whale, um it was definitely a transition. Um from a fast-paced environment of college to a more mellow, on-your-own, it's your responsibility to do this X, Y, and Z. So, uh, a lot of practices that fall, um, we weren't really sure what was going to happen with games. We were testing frequently to make sure everybody was safe and healthy. Um, and then they decided on the bubble season. That didn't really be a bubble season. So... um. Yeah, it was hard. Some weeks were harder than others, um, just to try and keep that drive alive and the determination to get better as a team uh, each week because practice after practice after practice after practice is not always the most enjoyable um but we we made the best of it and uh made the most of it and tried to just keep fighting through it and then when the bubble season did come uh, we were all excited to be there uh it was something that i mean not a lot of people will experience in their lifetime so we just tried to um take it what it was and experience it how it was but um the atmosphere in lake placid i mean not having fans wasn't great but it was just unique um and a different feeling that's for sure um we knew the support was through social media and uh, virtually so it was a different perspective we had to look at um so i mean it's not how everybody wishes their first pro season to go um but we did what we did and i think it was a great development year um for me personally so i could focus on all the little details to be better um Not Well, to prepare for the bubble bubble season, but to be better for the following year as well.
2: So Mm -hmm. I don't want us to gloss over the fact that you were Mm -hmm. selected as captain for Mm -hmm. UNH. Um, Not a lot of people can be captain of teams. So how did that come about? And like you said, it was a a crazy senior season for you. (laughs) Uh, What was it like to be captain? What does it take to be a captain?
1: Yeah, I think... um, I mean, I was truly honored to be selected um, as a captain. We did vote on captains at UNH for the longest time, and it was great. Um, I think it's something that really speaks on people and who people look up to. Um, So I was, like I said, I was very honored to be selected as a captain and to be that role model for the freshmen, the sophomores, and, I mean, even the juniors. Um, I think it's some it's good to be a teammate on and off the ice and um just to respect each other whether you I mean you don't have to be best friends with everybody on your team but you have to get along with everybody um and we're all adults and anything that happened we would address it um but I think what really um put me into that role was the fact of my hard work and determination on and off the ice every day um I tried to come to the rank. um wanting to get just that much better. Um, And I think that's what really uh, is why I was selected is because I was determined to be just that much better every day and to build off of that from uh, each practice.
0: So I know that your senior year was crazy with the COVID and everything Mm -hmm. else, but what was the hardest part about being a captain of a team? Did you have any extra responsibilities that coaches give you? Was it the different personalities you had to deal with? Was it something specific? What what was the hardest part?
1: Yeah, I mean, every captain, um, any hockey team has their sort of drama or issues. Um, We didn't have that many uh, at UNH, but um, there was a group of captains, so there was um, three or four of us that year. Can't quite remember. Um, And I think we all sort of had different personalities as captains and why we were selected to be in those roles um which really is why i think we meshed well together to help uh, our team um sort of grow together um and come together a lot more uh so yeah it was it was challenging we uh with covid coming and we wanted our i mean we just had main goals of trying to get better and uh, make it further in playoffs that year and I think everybody was determined to do that from our team um, and I think that comes from recruiting to our freshmen wanted to win just as bad as our seniors did so I and I mean it was their first year they had four years to go so um yeah I mean just trying to share everything we've learned from our four years to that lower class um, and go through that way so
2: so what was your draft story like?
1: Yeah. So being drafted to the whale, um, I had been contacted by a couple of teams um, prior to the draft, just to see where I was wanting to play, what I was wanting to do. Um, and then I was just uh, fortunate. I was watching the draft and I was drafted by the whale. Um, Colton Nord co- contacted me um, and said, congratulations and congratulations. Um, it was truly an honor. I mean, I have I love the Whale. I love being in Connecticut now. Uh, I wanted to stay on the East Coast if I wasn't in Canada. So um, it was great to sort of be home, but not home. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was, I mean, what since day one, when I walked into the locker room, everybody's been welcoming and uh, we have a great core group. But We just keep adding um, great players too, so.
0: So once you finally started to play pro hockey after the mm-hmm. COVID season really got to get good things going, mm-hmm. what were the main differences you noticed compared to collegiate hockey, maybe even the PWHL? I know the obvious things, I'm sure, faster, stronger, but was yeah. there anything else specific that was like, wow, I was not expecting that at this level?
1: Yeah. So when you, when I was at UNH, um, like a, and the PWHL, um, it was, Stronger, faster girls. You sort of had less time and space. Um, when I came to the NWHL, now known as the PHF, um, it was like you. It was it was fast hockey. Girls were strong, obviously. Um, but you just have that half a second sometimes. Um, with your timing, which typically you didn't. So you gain that little bit of extra time and space sometimes. Um just to make that extra look off, um, to throw off a four checker or whatnot. Um, but the skill level, I mean, players see passes. I can't even imagine sometimes, and it's crazy to watch them. Um, and it's, uh, it's great to play with those players. I mean, we have many players who on our team who have a gr- tremendous skill and it looks effortless, um, but yeah, I, I think it's just that extra little bit of a half second of time that you have to make that extra pass or that extra look off. Um, that really, I was surprised that I would have at this uh, level.
0: Yeah. So what 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 is the the result of that? Do you think is it an X's and O's thing? They kind of the, the coaches have different systems in the PHF or the NWHL at the time. Yeah. Was it more? offensively because it sounded like they was very defensive minded with them you have no room to make plays back in college Mm -hmm. and stuff so is it more offensive minded or
1: um I think it's just uh as I think it's partially systematic um different coaches have different styles of playing um and I think it's really at this level everybody's so good that um, both teams are fighting for that open ice, um. So spreading out the ice more really draws players out more, giving you that extra little half a second, um, to make that play. Uh, I think that's definitely something that I've seen at this level. Um, and it's it's completely coaching. I suspect, um, just systems that uh, different coaches have and do to be able to spread those players out.
2: So is there an um? Um, I don't want to get you in trouble uh, but by talking about coaches system I and you, Oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. So I, I want um, to be careful what I say, but um, it seems like even at the uh, AHL level um, yep. it, things can be overcoached. There's too much video. They've got the iPads that they can see the last play that the the last shift and everything else. But yeah, if you've got more open space, you, you, you've got to take advantage of that. So how, how mm-hmm. are, How are the coaches dealing with not the X's and O's, like Andrew says, or patterns, learning Mm -hmm. the patterns, but hockey sense and taking opportunities of that open space?
1: Yeah. So um, we do do video. um, I mean, not to the extent AHL and NHL players, we just don't have the resources yet um, for that. But um, yeah, so we have I mean, we do video with our coach. And such, but we also have a Nether um, personnel on our staff, um, Jack Hahn, who does our video and breakdowns of that as well, um, just to see repeated patterns of that open space that happen maybe two, maybe once in a game. Um, but you really want to take advantage of that one or two times. It does happen um, in each game. So he really picks those out and breaks it down. Um, for us individually, if we want, or as a team, if it's something team focused um, that we can really take advantage of with the team, our opponents, uh, the following game, because it seems to be something that they, it can be an area we can expose them and take advantage of for the following game.
2: So video coaching has obviously been here and it's here to stay mm-hmm. and it's worthwhile, but uh, just personally, if you are able to have the iPad and you can relive your last shift. Would you want to? I mean, do you do every you think? Time. Would you need to? Even when you're um, up, you mess up, if you to. get burnt, do you really want to relive that? After <laughs> this is why <laughs> you got burnt.
0: Tori, look? Yeah, yeah. You can relive Thanks, it. Coach. I don't think. I <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, I'm. Yeah, it's it's hard for every player. Every player is sort of different. Personally, I don't think I would want to necessarily see every shift that I've just had. Um, some shifts, yeah, I would definitely want to see right away. Uh, especially for special teams, such as a PK or a power play, um, it can be very beneficial going out um against that unit, especially if you have a couple power plays back to back and seeing oh this is why this happened or this is why this happened and this is how we can stop it going out the next shift. Um, but I mean every shift I can, I can mentally do that. I don't think, I think it would wear me down um, mentally and it would just take away all of my confidence. Um, but some shifts definitely, I would love to see uh, right in the moment. Yeah. But,
2: um, yeah. So off the topic question, sort of um, mm-hmm. you guys playing Danbury.
1: Uh, no, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, no. So our first two games will be in Melford this year um following that our 10 game our remaining 10 games will be played out of simsbury connecticut um so they've been a a great facility to work with um and hopefully they um are a facility we can work with in the future but yeah so we've moved out of danbury for now um and gonna try simsbury connecticut so
0: So following your first pro season or first few games until it kind Mm -hmm. of crumbled down because of COVID, the league transitioned to what was known now as the PHF. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your opinion on this? If you have one, is it just kind of a a marketing thing to kind of just change the league's name? Or have you noticed any staunch differences (laughs) during that transition period in the league?
1: Yeah. um, So I don't have many opinions about this. Um, Going from the NWHL to the PHF, I definitely saw their marketing strategy for it. Um, They wanted to branch off from the NHL um, sort of shadow um, mm-hmm. because the NHL doesn't, I don't believe has any interest in partnering with us anytime soon. Um, so we didn't really want to be in the shadow or expect them to partner. We think we can be an independent league now um, and sort of survive off of our own and go off of our own two feet sort of thing. Um, And definitely, I mean, we're all about inclusivity um, in the modern era, and this is something that really, um, I think they strive for um, renaming it to the PHF rather than the WHL, just to get rid of that label of women and sort of include everybody from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
2: And it seems like the league has grown in its short existence, meaning both mm-hmm. both of the leagues. I mean, branding aside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has that been your take? Uh, seats have been, uh, you know, filled more over the last year, two years, maybe.
1: Yeah. So I have seen quite a change um, right from front office, right to the players. Um throughout the league so it's been great to see us um, expanding Uh, and I think that really started to transition when every team became an independent owner um, and have that ownership and sort of put on them to uh, help develop the league Um, so I think that's really where our league has started to grow tremendously and I think it will continue to grow that way Um, every owner of every team seems to have a mission and I think they're all on board with the same sort of mission of growing women's hockey. So, um, yeah, so I mean like we've gone through a couple of commissioners now, um, our current commissioner, I respect her highly. She's done great work. Um, and I think she's going to be great for the league moving forward. Um, and what Ty did was fine and good. And I mean, she had her role and it was she helped grow the game a little bit more so um whatever and then like we've just added to the front office with uh hockey ops player development and we've brought in some pretty large names from the national teams um to help really grow this game so in the league
0: so i know especially in the united states you know Mm -hmm. maybe not all over the world but the you know ice hockey in general pro ice hockey um it is one of the the lowest as, as far as terms of popularity goes and part of the reason why is because of course i think we can all agree the nhl does not do its job in my opinion at least marketing their players you have guys like mckinnon mcdavid and they're not doing the proper things for the phf though as you know my dad was saying the seats starting to fill up more and of course women's pro hockey is starting to really be promoted and we're starting to see that there's obviously just as much talent and everything mm-hmm. else there um what do you think? and I know it's not necessarily a job. you're you're just worried okay. up being a pro player and being the best you can be. but okay. what do you think the league could do more or different from the NHL not the is doing too much right now to yeah. promote the league but promote women's pro hockey specifically?
1: Yeah. um, I think something our league can really do is build off the other women's programs that have been developing, such as um the WNBA and really joining with them. Um, the NHL doesn't really join with the MLB or the NBA or any other major sports. Um, and so I think that's something that uh, women sort of, we've sort of always like to be together and do things and rise women up together. Um, so I think joining with like partnering with the WNBA and such, and really trying to develop both of us, I think it would be great for both the WNBA and us. Um, To really grow both games but in the women's sports aspect so
0: um quick question um Mm -hmm. just because I'm not too familiar with the rules itself separating from the NHL and everything is is Mm -hmm. body checking allowed in the PHF like full contact or is it I've seen it but then I see (laughs) sometimes don't I'm kind of like I I get confused sometimes when I watch it so
1: yeah what what is kind
0: of the threshold though
1: um it, it comes up every time, um, sort of. Um, yeah, so it's pretty much at the ref's discretion okay. um, and how much weight you put behind it, essentially, how much strength you put into it. Um, and But technically, no body checking is allowed. Um, anything along the boards they don't really call that's more just aggressive play. um, And they pretty much let that go. It's mostly just open ice hits that they are trying to uh, really keep down um, to prevent concussions and such. I believe I, I, I mean, I would prefer if there's body checking, but that's just me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What what is your opinion? Would you prefer to play a more rougher style of hockey if it was allowed in that league?
1: Yeah. See, so I grew up playing boys hockey right from when I was little, right to midget, um, when I was 18. So before going to UNH, and um, I loved playing body checking. It was great. Um, so I would not mind it at all if we did it. Um, I know there is a league overseas who are testing it out for women's uh athlete, professional athletes. So it it'll be see it'll be interesting to see how that study goes. Um, over the course of this year. And whether other leagues will, uh, sort of take it on, but um, personally, I would enjoy it a lot more. I think physical play is something that really drives my game. So, uh. Dude, has
0: has there ever been talks in the league that you've heard rumblings that like maybe body checking will be fully allowed, open ice hits ever? Or is it kind of like no?
1: It not that I'm aware of. We have okay. not really talked about it at all. Um whether it will be ever Mm -hmm. allowed in this league or not. But uh, every year we are sort of just tweaking rules and such. So maybe one year it might just come up and be a conversation at least. But uh, for now, I've not heard anything regarding that.
2: Before we get to our, what we call lightning round questions, what can we expect from uh, the whale this year? What can we expect from you when we're following you this year?
1: Yeah. So from the whale as a team, I... Think we're out for revenge. Um, losing in the finals last year, um, we have a point to prove that we are a team that can win. Um, and we are coming full force this year. We're really going to be a team that um, works hard and never gets at work on the ice, um, and really pushes the pace and pushes each team's limits um, individually. I would. I just um, hope for team success. But um, I definitely am going to focus on part of my game and what I can do to contribute to the team's success, um, whether that be playing more defensive, defensive, defensive. More, I mean, more sharp, being better in my defensive zone, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And then um, hopefully I can contribute offensively um, a little bit more this season compared to last season.
2: Is there a rival a big rival what is the rivalry like between the Pride and you guys?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, many teams in the PHF who really like the Boston Pride right now, but um, that's just me personally speaking, but uh yeah, so I think there's a rival um with every team there. Um they've obviously won back to back and yeah. I mean, congratulations to them. That's incredible. Um but uh, we definitely are gunning for them and um, any other team in the PHF this season, so.
2: All right, here we go. We're going to ask you fast questions so that you do the talking and less us. If it's just a name, if it's a place, or if you've got a short story, it's up to you. All okay. Right? So here we go. <laughs> Who, and this is obviously up to your career thus far, who's the <laughs> toughest goalie you've ever faced?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't score many goals to begin with. So most of them are pretty good and stop most of my shots. But um, toughest goalie. Um, I played against Erin Frankel uh, at, while well, at UNH. Um, she was a great goalie for Northeastern. So she was pretty good. Um, and then, I mean, Elaine Chule is really good. She plays for the Toronto Six now. Um, so, yeah, those would probably be my two tough goalies.
0: Do you have any weird pregame superstitions or rituals? Anything weird?
1: Uh, um, I typically put most of my left side of my equipment on before my right side. Okay. Um, I definitely tie my left skate before my right every time, whether it okay. be game or practice. Um, I always tape my stick before my game. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're weird. I think they're pretty normal speaking, yeah. um, compared to other players, but those are the only ones I can think of or that I really focus in on to make sure I do.
0: Have you seen any really weird ones over the years, even the PWHLs? Have you seen any teammates that you're like, what are you <laughs> doing?
1: Um, not that I can remember right now. Um, it might come up in the season, but...
0: Nobody yelling at themselves in the mirror to get hyped up, I assume. no.
1: <laughs> no, no, yeah. nothing like that. Um, Yeah, nothing I can really remember one, at the um, moment.
2: This one, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, you can be careful because you're, again, a current player and you don't want to give <laughs> the opponent any uh ammunition, but right. we always <laughs> like to ask this in the lightning round. Yeah. Who so far is the rat? Who's the player that has the innate ability to get underneath your skin?
1: Oh. No uh, if
0: was allowed, who would you throw the gloves yeah. off?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Um
2: And again, you might not want to mention current player just because Yeah, yeah they're gonna get the might, number now. Might be, uh, you know, listening
1: um I don't know. I don't really like throwing the gloves off per se, but um There, there would be a few players I would probably, I mean, I just like to joke around with them on the ice and give them an extra shove and they would do the same to me, um, players that I've played with. Um, so that's pretty fun to do, but, um, I don't know. I don't really have any. Is there, is there heavy
2: chirping that goes on?
1: Oh yes. All the time. Um, I don't think fast enough on my feet to be a good chirper. So um, <laughs> I I sort of just skate away and wave and say, see you later. <laughs> but um, so basically yeah, the
0: kids, they need to have a mic'd up session for sure. Yeah, for yeah, yeah.
1: Yes,
0: yeah, So which arena has had the worst ice conditions? And this can be PWHL college, which is. No, I'm going to say from college on. Okay. From college on. Yeah. Worst, college ice on. <laughs> worst ice
1: conditions. Worst ice conditions.
0: We of course always hear like places like the Florida is always bad and Texas arenas are. Yeah, it depends. There's a lot yeah. of bad ones in the East Coast League. You've yeah. Heard.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to personally say it was Danbury. So <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was our home home rank that I did not like our ice conditions personally. Um, I loved my ice conditions at UNH. Um, I did not like the ice conditions at Boston U. Um I hated that rank. I hated going there. I hated playing there. I just found it so dark. Um, so it was not a rank I ever enjoyed playing at. Interesting. 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 But
0: um you want to ask one more before I ask my last one? Sure. So
2: um, and again, this can be covering your, your whole career.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this one, you know, like I say, it's up to you. We've gotten some really fun answers. What is the most embarrassing thing to happen to you? During a warm-up, pre game warm-up, or during a game? Anything <laughs> that you would confess that? And, boy, we've heard a lot of really bad most stuff. Most of the time we get, no, nothing too bad. But has there been anything that's, you know, you fell down on the blue line, it jumped up at you, you <laughs> were, <laughs> anything kind of oh, crazy I've had
1: I've had that happen a couple times where I've just like randomly tripped on my own um at the blue line. Um I've stepped on a pocket warm-up before and completely wiped out. <laughs> um and almost taken a couple people with me. So that would probably be it was pretty bad. Um yeah, those were uh I tried to take a one timer in my first NWHL game, I think it was. And I completely missed the puck, and it just went right oh, through my feet. Just
0: whiffed
2: on it.
1: Yeah, so, completely. So, so what do you do? You
2: you you end your shift. You get off. Does anybody say anything? Do they roast you? Do they need to?
1: Uh nice, well, nice shot,
2: nice try. Yeah.
1: I mean, I try to come off and just laugh it off, but somebody always has a comment of some sort. Um, oh, but most of the comments come after the game because they don't want to get too much.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they don't do, want do, do, you to get. Do you get your uh, your individual video coaching? Do they put that in there for you? Or just sneak it in.
1: <laughs> so sometimes we've had that happen. Oh, uh, that's great. <laughs> uh, just for a good laugh before a game, um, just to calm the nerves a little bit. Um, so yeah, I've had a few, or I'll just they'll just send it individually to players, um, just <laughs> like <laughs> reminding them of their goofy times. But yeah, I've, I've had some pretty. I've had more than my fair share, I would think. <laughs> May
0: have more too. Well, my last question, I know it's a bit of a, a broad question, but mm-hmm. um just thinking back, the first memory that pops to your mind, what is the most fond memory you've had in your hockey career so far, starting just from college, though? Because I'm sure the you know the, the silver medal is a big deal, but what about mm-hmm. after that?
1: Yeah, um so after that I think Really, I mean, putting a new jersey on for the two, uh, first time, I think, really sits with me. Putting on a UNH jersey, I mean, getting a Division One scholarship to a school, um, and really putting on that jersey for the ter- first time, thinking, "Wow, I've accomplished this. Not many people do." Um, and then again, putting on a whale jersey for the first time, um, really sunk in, um, yeah. just like oh, wow, you're a professional hockey player now. Not many people get to do this. Right. Um, Not many people, like as a child, I didn't think I would be a professional women's hockey player. And here I am living at a dream that I didn't even know I had. So yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So I guess those would be the two really most memorable times.
2: Well, and I'm sure you're going to have many more. Like I say, you're just starting your career. We can't thank <laughs> you enough for being so gracious with your time. Yeah. And uh, we'll say goodbye off air, but officially we want to thank you for coming on and and hopefully it was worthwhile uh, talking uh, a little hockey with you. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a great experience um, and I love to do these things and share my experience. So thank you very much.